25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Wise Things East The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right. Let's do it. Hour number two of the show is off and running. Here we go. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Hometown heroes, local agents that you can deal with one-on-one, face-to-face. Something happens, and you need to call and ask a question. Or maybe it's that fender bender, you know, at 1130 at night. You go, boop, 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 boop. Put the phone up to your ear and call him. He's down the street. He lives over there on Main Street, you know, or two blocks over. And he hops down the road and comes in his house shoes and helps you out. That's your local Farm Bureau agent. You need to give him a chance if you haven't already. Look him up at favrates.com. All right. So let me set this up for you. It's signing day 2.0. If you're just tuning in, what that means is National Signing Day for college football. You kind of had, you know, 1.0. Back in December, about 75-80% of the prospects signed with somebody in December. There's a whole bunch of signing day left. That's including today. State and Ole Miss are stacking them up. A few here and there. We uh, talked with Brad Logan in Hour 1 about what's going on at Ole Miss. He said it's kind of a negative feel, but they put the players in there. Got a few more. Got a receiver they're in on. One that's going to announce tonight. Maybe they get him and that kind of thing. Coming up here in five minutes, Paul Jones from Jeans Page 24-7 Sports is going to be right here on the radio with us and give us a lowdown on what State is doing today. Roger, I messed up typing Paul's number in there for you about three or four or five times. And now I finally got it right. And so now it's there So when you need it. And that little screen there where I messed it up four or five times and type and send and type and send, it's like a great glance into someone's mind who is slightly ADD. It's just what it, you could see it right there in letters and numbers on the screen. For those of you listening, hey to everybody on Facebook. Hey to Joy and Lynn and Diane and Terry and everybody that's popping in one after the other. Joining in on Facebook, on the stream, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Please like and follow the Facebook page if you haven't already. Get new content coming your way. And uh, hey to everybody who's watching on Periscope Twitter. What up? Y'all want to tweet me? You can. It's at Radio Wyatt. And the text line, wide open to you. We're going to get Paul on the Divini Equipment phone shortly. The text line, though, here. Look at here. Kevin says, Auburn starting running back Jatarvius Whitlow has entered the transfer portal. What? Are you serious? How about that? I saw where that really good player from Oxford High School, uh, the tight end signed with Auburn today. Nick says, have y'all heard anything about a train wreck in Lafayette County this morning? Heard it was rough. Hardy har har. 
Somebody on the text line says, Toddy says, choo-choo. Is that, a, is that the train? Choo-choo. It's funny because uh, my father-in-law, who worked for the railroad for 40 years and retired a few years ago, uh, his grandchildren, including my daughter, they don't call him granddad or pawpaw. They call him choo-choo. That's right. Chip voted for more Sonic Boom. We're going to get to that. There you go. That boy, Roger. I got to get better headphones so I can hear them earlier. I have a better set, but they make my head sweat, so I'm just wearing my Apple earbuds. I'll try to record. You don't want that ear sweat. <laughs> ear sweat. And Bulldog <laughs> Barney. Sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Bulldog Barney says, hey, Matt, not that stars matter, but who was or is the last true five-star recruit Hale State has signed in recent years say the last five or six years. Well, wouldn't that be Jeffrey Simmons? Let's ask someone who I bet knows the answer, and he's on the Divinity Equipment phone right now, waiting, just waiting and sitting on the edge of his seat, ready to give us the lowdown. His name is Paul Jones. Y'all know him on Twitter as at PJ247Sports. He's a part of the 24-7 Sports Network and Gene's page. Hey, Paul, do you know the answer to that question? What was it again? Who is the last true five-star recruit Hale State signed in recent years, say the last five or six years? Last year. Last year? Charles Cross. Charles Cross, the tackle. I forgot about that. Number seven overall in the country, I believe. Yeah. That's right. And, man, you know the thing about Charles is when he got on the field this past year – he was really, really good. But incredible leverage, especially yeah. considering how small he is. And I don't mean height wise, when that kid puts on fifteen more pounds, oof, watch out because that kid Yeah. He's got better leverage at two hundred and seventy five pounds than I've seen some juniors and seniors in college have at three hundred pounds. So he's gonna be a force. Yeah. And you know, at his age it won't take long at all for him to go from two seventy five to three hundred. It really won't. Or, yeah, he told me he he told me his uh, nutrition plan this past year was ten thousand calories a day. Oh my goodness, <laughs> ten thousand a day! I mean, I know he's practicing football and and working out, but do you know the kind of metabolism you must have if you are trying to combat it Incredible. with ten thousand calories a day? Incredible, Paul. Listen, all right. So I'm dropping weight, right? This year, I'm dropping weight. I'm on like a three, four-month plan to get back down to playing weight. And so with, without even factoring in exercise, and I am 6'5", it's giving me basically a quota of right at 2,000 calories a day. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is for me to stop at 2,000 calories? I mean, no, it's, it's hard to do that, but in the morning. That's one trip to Popeye's. Exactly. <laughs> so I wish I was Charles Cross. I'd love to need 10,000 calories a day. All right, so Charles Cross, there's your answer, Bulldog Barney. We aim to please here on the show. Paul Jones on your radio. All right. Paul, how's it going today on signing day 2.0 for Mississippi State? Uh, pretty much as expected, and I say as is expected, going back to last night, yesterday, um, you know, obviously, State had a couple of commitments this week. Kyle Cass, um, Chico DB from Mississippi Delta, 
And then the outside linebacker, Jamari Stewart uh, from Florida, he committed last night. And then we uh, had the news uh, yesterday, late evening, that Khalil Benson looked like he had had a change of heart and was going to Indiana instead of Mississippi State. So all of that was expected today. And, of course, they added uh, Rufus Harvey and they announced KJ Costello, which was announced, you know, previously mm-hmm. uh, earlier this week. But those were the four that they officially released today, and that was expected. And that puts them at 26 in the class, I believe, which includes those graduate transfers. So if they're having 26 in this cycle, does that mean they were already short one going back to last year? Is that how that works? Actually had a yeah, they actually had a several spots to count back. You can count back in two years. So they counted back five spots. Uh, technically Matt, they could still add three to four more grad transfers. Okay. Or, or a late high school guy in this class. I don't think this class is uh anywhere near done. I think we'll see some more action with the grad transfer portal probably late spring. Uh, once spring practices have ended across the country and guys start entering the portal again, I, I expect Mississippi State to probably add another linebacker, maybe an offensive lineman. Okay. You don't think receiver in the portal? You know, I, common sense tells me yes, but so far there really haven't been any specific targets uh, that we know of so far. I mean, that mm-hmm. may be something that comes up. After the spring, but uh, that for right now, and it may change. It, it it doesn't seem like it's a top priority right now. Well, and and let me ask your opinion on this because okay, so someone asked receiver earlier, and I went over to the roster and I start looking at the numbers of players who are returning. You know, you lose four seniors in, <clears throat> off last year's team, and technically Malik Deer was one of those, even though he really never played any receiver on last year's team, but he was in the listed as receiver. So you lose four seniors. Uh-huh. And of the guys coming back, you're going to have like one junior, Austin Williams, and a couple of seniors. They're all going to be underclassmen who are coming back. But the numbers tell you like 10 receivers return off last year's team if none transfer, plus two to maybe three impact-type players at tight end. And and they signed Rufus, uh, Rufus Harvey today out of Starkville High School as a receiver. Like I don't know if the numbers – aren't already set at that position. You know what I'm saying? I think you may be on to something, especially when we figure out and get to see, not us figure out, but when the coaches figure out and we as media get to see what happens with guys like Dante Jones and uh, Brad Cumbus and Jaquaria Spivey. Mm-hmm. You know, Spivey lined up out wide this year. Right. Um, I, I, I would see no problem. Why he couldn't do that for Mike Leach and him? Uh, Dante Jones is about 230 pounds. He could do the same. I've heard Cumbus may be an inside receiver. So I think they'll find a spot for them. And as you mentioned, you got five receivers coming in. Uh, you signed three high school guys and Rufus Harvey, Jaden Wally, and Ladetra Griffin. And then you got the two Juco guys, Malik Keith and Caleb Ducking, and he's already here. So uh, I think from a number standpoint, you're fine. Um, now, we all know that Mike Leach is going to have four or five guys on the field at the same time, so that may change your numbers. But, again, I think it comes down to what the tight ends do and uh, what their you know final position ends up being. Yeah, that's what I think, too. You know, And it's no way to predict it either, Paul. Because Well, you just don't have anything from Mike Leach offenses to go by. Like, how do you use a tight end? Well, I don't know because they never had one at Washington State. You know what I mean? And he goes back to he likes tight ends if they are true tight ends. 
Um, you know, I, 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 when I look at Spivey, I, I kind of put him in the category of Jordan Thomas, a guy who was big, uh, also lined up out wide and, and took on some of those matchups for corners. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of see a similar approach with him, but, you know, I think obviously spring will tell us a lot more about it and, and we'll get to put eyes on these guys and see where they're lining up. But that will definitely be probably one of my biggest question marks in the spring is, is what happens to the tight ends. All right, so um, Paul Jones on your radio, on Twitter, he is at PJ247Sports. Signing day 2.0, Mike Leach is going to have a press conference at 2 o'clock, and uh, we'll hear what he says about it. they got four guys in there so far, one receiver. Um, one of those, a quarterback who's transferring in. So let's talk quarterback, Paul. You've got three on the – well, four on the roster right now, including Keaton Thompson, Jalen Maiden. Uh, Garrett Schrader, and the uh, new signee, Will Rogers. So wow. in in comes Costello, but he's not going to be here for spring practice. That, well, that's what I understand. So who stays and who goes? You got a prediction? <clears throat> oh, good question, man. Uh, you would think that the younger guys would probably stay, and I think this spring will be so beneficial for them uh, just to get caught up on Leach's system and to get used to it. Uh, before Costello comes in, um, I think, you know, I'd be surprised if nobody leaves. And mm-hmm. I think the obvious candidate that everybody would point to would be KT. Um, you know, and obviously it's his decision. And if he wants to move on elsewhere uh, for more playing time, you could understand that. Or who knows how spring practice goes. He may come out of the spring as the guy, Yeah, you know, under leech. It's just completely starting over and, um, but I would be very surprised if in August we have five quarterbacks over that roster um, in Mississippi State. But, uh, man, that will be another interesting thing in the spring. Uh, I know the media will, will probably be driving that point home a lot, but well, like you said, we, there will be no K.J. Costello. So, I mean, it'll, it'll be those four guys battling out. And, and, and not so much a battle, man. I think it's more going to be about learning the offense. Yeah. You know, I, I think their head will be spinning it. And not – not because it's a difficult offense, just because it's a new offense. Mm-hmm. And I think their head will be spinning with that way too much to be worried about who, who's the starter coming out of the spring. And I'd be shocked if Mike Leach even mentions anything about who's the starter. I mean, we'll see who gets the first reps and QB1 and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, that, that's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out after spring. I said yesterday on the show, Paul, that, you know, if it were me, if I were in the shoes of one of those guys – um, and I'm here, and I know that the guy is transferring in after spring. It would really fire me up. I think I I, I think it would really fire me up. Where I I'd take the approach. You know what? I'm I'm about to go out here to spring practice, and I'm about to make these coaches second guess their decision to bring somebody in here. I want exactly. them. To, I want them to look me in the eye, and I want to see it in their eyes. They're thinking. We we maybe made a mistake. That's the approach I would take. And you know, a lot of people say, "Well, why hasn't you gone down to left yet?" Well, I'm going to imagine. Supposedly, um, KT's got to graduate this spring. You know, in order to save his year, and um, you know, have two years left if he does want to be a great transfer. So we'll see how all that shakes out. But uh, I'm like you, man. I, I think those kids will be. I think those young men will be. Fired up and, and first of all, ready to learn the system and ready to get going with the new offense and then just see how things shake out. 
Absolutely. Paul Jones on your radio. So to circle back to today, you think these four signees that are in today, Costello the transfer, Cass the DB from Mississippi Delta, Harvey the receiver from Starkville High, and Stewart the linebacker from Florida, those four, is that it, you think, for today? Yeah, I think that's going to be it because there are other targets. Dylan Spencer from Madison Central Offensive Lineman, he signed with Missouri. And then Benson signed with Indiana. Yeah. So um, that was the only guys really on the list. I, I think when you look at the whole class, and I had to give plus and minuses, um, I think this class lacked another high school offensive lineman. But that's about it. Um, maybe another older safety or corner. Mm-hmm. And that's something that may come in the transfer portal, too. We'll just have to see how it shakes out. But, you know, there's still some unbalanced on the board. And, you know, I think looking ahead, they got to get some more younger defensive tackles. Because okay. I don't know if you've noticed the roster lately, Matt, but <laughs> they're headed in the same situation they were in two years ago mm-hmm. on that interior front. Because you've got Fabian Lovett, Jaden Cromedy, Nathan Pickering, Alan Love, Cameron Young, uh, maybe there's another one, too, in there. They're all in the same class. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be leaving at the same time, just like Jeffrey Simmons and that group did. Mm-hmm. So that's probably going to be a big priority when you look down the road. Okay. Good stuff, Paul. Well, um, I guess what this will be, as far as for you guys in the media, your second opportunity to sit in a press room and ask Mike Leach some questions? Yes, and maybe it'll be about football. You never know. (laughs) That's great. You know, he may – it's going to be interesting, too, because, you know, I'm sure there'll be some questions about the guys that signed in December, and and who knows how much Leach knows about them yet. Obviously, he's been in their house with in-home visits, so that helps. But, you know, I I think that kind of gets forgotten, too, Matt. Um no, there was no big splash today. <clears throat> there was no expected big splash today outside of the KJ Costello news. But uh, tip your hat to this staff for keeping all the signees, with the exception of Benjamin Key, uh, keeping them all in the fold. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that's pretty rare to lock down 21 of your 22 signees in December and not have anybody ask out of their release. Um, sometimes it's... Katie bar, bar the door, man. The kids are leaving left and right. But uh, credit to this staff, a lot of that had to do with how, how many in-state kids they had. And Mississippi State selling the program instead of a coach. Mm-hmm. And that always helps when you have a coaching change. Yeah. Well, that's right. It, it, you know, when, with about a minute left here, Paul, I think it does, too, point back to the previous staff for all the issues and, you know, preparedness and other things. Moorhead and company, they really were doing a very solid job on the recruiting trail. And and not just going out and really selling themselves, but also selling the school and the program and the opportunity. It, it, exactly. does, it does point to what they did. Exactly. And you're talking about a short period of time with most coaches outside of Terrell Buckley, Marcus Johnson, and Deke Adams that were completely unfamiliar with the South. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and for them for them to come in, especially Joe Moorhead, to come in and build the relationships he did over time and to uh 
not only build relationships with kids, but their families, their high school coaches, their counselors. I mean, Joe was very well liked in high schools in Mississippi, and he will be missed in that area. Um, but, you know, I, I think that Joe's shortcomings were obviously on the field, and, and that's the price you pay in the SEC, but kind of hard to fault the man when it came to recruiting and the time and effort he put into that. Yeah, I think so. Hey, Paul, appreciate it, man. Good to talk to you. Enjoy Coach Leach in about 40 minutes. All right, man. Talk to you later. All right. Thank you. That's Paul Jones, 24-7 Sports and Jeans page. He's at PJ247Sports. And he's right about that. I was looking at this uh, roster of your defensive tackles. So if you go to last year's team, there were, in terms of, again, interior defensive linemen, there were two seniors in there. Okay, and that's Lee Autry and Kendall Jones. So that's what's uh, actually a bright spot about this team and next year's team is all this returning experience. So this coming year, defensive tackle alone, we're not talking about end, you're going to have Pickering a sophomore, Lovett a sophomore, Crumity a sophomore, um, Robinson a sophomore, Devin Robinson didn't play much, but he's back. Cameron Young will be a sophomore. And this year, this year you got Alan Love, the transfer, who'll be a junior. And well, actually, he'll be a sophomore because he didn't. I guess he redshirted this past year. And then James Jackson will be a junior. So everybody I just mentioned is here at state at defensive tackle this coming season and the following. And so then you look at well, what about end and pass rusher position? You do lose some stuff there. You lose Chauncey Rivers off last year's team. And you lose Fletcher Adams off last year's team. But y'all, everybody else at defensive end is back. King Ani is back. He'll be, he'll be a um, a redshirt freshman. Uh, DeMonte Russell will be back. I think he's sophomore. I don't know that he redshirted, but maybe he did. Jack Harris will be a redshirt freshman. Uh, Aaron Odom will be a junior. Sherman Thames will be a junior. Thames can play. He didn't get on the field a ton on defense, but he's on every special special teams. Marquis Spencer is going to be a senior this year. Kobe Jones is going to be a senior this year. So, but but Paul is right. You look at the ages, starting kind of pretty much immediately, that's about to be a need for this next signing cycle for them is defensive tackles and ends or else you're going to get down the road and not have the depth there that you need. Have one of those years where you're light at one position. So I hope you enjoyed that. I did. All right. Just getting started. Hour two. We'll take your phone calls and texts next in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Facebook, they're asking about my hat. My hat with the state across it, script, like the baseball stuff. You can get this hat, this exact one, an official Adidas hat, and it says state across the front. If you're listening, you're like, I can't see it. I'm listening on the radio. Well, go check it out on Twitter or on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Just look at a little bit of the live stream. I've been streaming it today. You can get this hat at the Mississippi State University Golf Course. 
Here's a number. Listen up. 325-3028. Say it after me. 325-3028. You call them, and uh, Adam will hook you up. You can get this hat there. They have the best stuff at the University Golf Course, and it's not close. No, oh, Scotch guard that bad boy. Think so? Well, you get your greasy fingers all over um, the white. Hey, the chances Hell. that this gets some barbecue sauce on it at some point is like greater than 100%. At least it won't show any salt rings. That's a good point. Yeah. Good point. But it's going to show something because I, I wear them out. That, then I'll just go get another one. That's the great thing about America. <laughs> the, you, order, you call them up and it'll be at your house in two days. There's usually more than one. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, um, here on the text line, let's get into it. The text line number, if you're watching, there it is, 885-ESPN, or call me on the Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. Chris says, Ole Miss was expecting to sign the defensive back uh, branch, but Georgia flipped him. Yeah, we were told about that a little bit earlier from, by uh, Brad Logan. Somebody texted and said that Case and Grant transferred from Mississippi State. We got another text that says Lee Tanner transferring to Northeast Mississippi Community College in Boonville. By the way, I want to go back down here on my texts and send the big old fat uh, shout out to uh, Sheriff Jim from Tupelo listening. He loves the show. Hey to you. Yes, he's a, he's he's a good. Stayed at his place one time. Oh, okay. On purpose? No. <laughs> Wonderful host. They lots of guests. Anthony from Tupelo says, did you say Mitchell for receiver? Yeah, Osiris Mitchell, receiver, Mississippi State. Coming back. Here we go. Breaking news. Is this breaking news? As of just a little while ago, According to Twitter, anyway, four-star Florida receiver Malachi Weidman announces his commitment to Tennessee over Ole Miss and Oregon. 6'4", 197-pound Weidman is a top 150 recruit, number two receiver in the nation for this distance. the lane train. So he's, he, he's, he's going to the other side of the tracks. He's disembarked. Nashville. No, Knoxville. Sorry, Knoxville. There's Sheriff Jim. He says, hey, Matt, great show. What up? Sheriff Jim, listening to the show and texting us as well. Norman says, Matt, you may have discussed this already, but with Costello, do you bring Costello in if you know it's going to affect Schrader staying? That is a fantastic question, Norman. What would you do? If you're the coach and or the AD, would you bring the one-year transfer in at quarterback if you felt like it was going to make your future three-year starter transfer? See, I, I know I wouldn't, so you're bringing up a good point there. We don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm just giving you an opinion. I don't know, but I do think it's a good point that you bring up. Didn't you say that the, the way Leach operates every year, everything's on the table? That's kind of like, what it sounds like to me. Yeah, like you're 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 earning your job over and over and over again <laughs> each but year. It keeps you, 
keeps you on your toes. Yeah, no doubt. Don't have time to go out and uh, get in trouble. Yeah. Tyler on the text line says, Matt, you have a unique perspective, so if the transfer portal ability to transfer had been then what it is now, would you have considered transferring after your sophomore season? Why or why not? You know, looking back on it, if if you'd had now what you had then, maybe maybe you transfer. But in my case, Tyler, when I got benched in the middle of my career, it was because I it wasn't because I couldn't get on the field. It wasn't because I couldn't have playing time. It was because I had played a whole lot and it just gotten worse. <laughs> it wasn't their fault. <laughs> they they gave me every opportunity in the world to play. So like when they're letting you play. And it's your fault it's not going well. Why would you transfer a thing it's going to go well somewhere else? Early bloomer. And so I don't think I would. That would be my perspective. And plus, I just don't – I don't know, man. Everybody's different. I think I took it way, way, way too seriously most of the time. And I think today's kids understand that, look, five years of a short time, they have a different perspective. They also have a much more global perspective than we did 30, 25, 30 years ago. They understand that, hey, you know, I can go, I may be from Mississippi, but I can go five states away and play, and mom and dad can still see every game I, I'm in. When I played, Tyler, if, if you weren't, cl- not all of our games weren't on television. I wanted to be close so mom and dad could drive there. I mean, it's so much different now. And and back then, you just didn't do it. It wasn't something you considered. There was this, you know, baseball has unwritten rules. People transferred some. But if you weren't playing, you just stuck it out. This was your team. You know, the other thing is, Tyler, I had the perspective. You can believe this kind of thing or not. But I also had the perspective going into my college career, having made a decision based on I prayed a lot about it and really felt like this was the door that God was opening for my life. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go there for two years and then decide, no, God was wrong or I was wrong. This isn't the door God wanted me to walk through, right? No, I believed I was there. It was a bump in the road. I just got to stick it out and play. Benefit the team somehow. Humble yourself, man. It says in First Peter, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He'll lift you up in due time. Well, it took me a little while, but by the time I was a senior, I was back to helping us win as opposed to causing us to lose. So I felt like I served a pretty healthy purpose, and I feel a lot better about it than had I quit and just skedaddled just so I could go get on the field somewhere. But that was then, and this is now. All right, Jason. From Brother Matt. Amen? Amen. <laughs> amen. Jesus on the main line. Sing it, Roger. <laughs> I love it. Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona. What's up, Jason? Uh, not much. Yeah, a couple of things. One thing I watched the State and Kentucky game last night, and I watched a couple of games before that, and I, I'm not impressed. It just doesn't look like anybody at all outside of Duke running any kind of that offense anymore. Yeah, and I was wondering, have you missed that, or is it? You just me being the old guy in the room. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jason, it's breaking up. So for those of you all listening, Jason, I could hear what he was saying. Jason was saying that okay. it sound he's watching games and even watching Duke and like watching Kentucky and State last night. It doesn't look like anybody's really running offense that much. 
And, you know, I sometimes wonder that too, Jason, but like if you have been able to go, you know, see some stuff and learn a little bit. And I think what's happening is to our eyes, it does look a lot in college basketball much different than what we were watching in college basketball, say, 20 years ago. Because a lot of it now is they're getting into an offensive set and the offense is designed to move people around with motion and picks, but but it's not necessarily designed to then deliver this final pass that always pays off into a into the post and little jump hook and that kind of thing. It's more, it's like the first half of your half court offense is designed to get you a matchup, but then the next half of your offense is one guy goes one on one to the hoop, and so it looks a little more like street ball. Uh, than 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 what a lot of us are used to. I appreciate your call, Jason. As always, buddy. Thank you. All right. Little time left. We'll finish it up with you next in the Farm Bureau Studio. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. What you want? Tell him what you want. You can call him up and tell him what you want. What you want. 247. The line is never busy. Tell him what you want. I love it, Roger. Thank you back. We should do more of that on the show. Have like a um, a spiritual song of the day. Can we get away with that? Can we do that on the show? If we played the whole thing, yeah. Probably would be love it. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you. Let's do it. Well, let's talk about it, and then let's do it. We should probably talk about it first. Back on the show, I'm Matt. In the Farm Bureau studio. Hey to everybody that's watching on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Tim says on Facebook, I think Will Rogers is the future after KJ Costello. What are your thoughts? Well, Tim, I do know that Mike Leach and company were recruiting him pretty heavily when they were at Washington State. I think they're tickled to get him here. Steve says, who's to say Schrader doesn't win the job? If he doesn't, who gets the blame? Steve, here's what I would like to tell you, and thanks for watching on Facebook. Got some text to get to, and then I got a couple news stories I want to make sure you're aware of. Listen, you say, what's to say that Garrett Schrader doesn't win the job at State? Look, I've already said how I would approach it if I'm one of those guys. Is I'm 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 fixing to I'm fixing to be so good this spring that they're gonna lose sleep at night about this thing coming. Okay, you know, whatever. That's just a kid competitive nature that would come out. But you know, if you if you look at this thing, I used to, and I did it last right up until last year when State brought in Tommy Stevens, is I never would let myself in my head flip this switch and go, okay, it's a given. Any school that brings in a transfer quarterback is going to play that guy. I wouldn't let myself do that. 
I would always say, no, it's not the way it works. You can't play him just to play him because you want to. He must win the job. The team knows. Now, all these things I'm saying, I still believe. If you bring in a transfer quarterback, in order for him to play and effectively lead and be one of the guys, which is to fit in in the chemistry and be one of the guys is just as important as throwing and catching in the long run. And in order for that to happen, he actually has to be the best quarterback you have. And your team is never fooled by it. They're in practice every day, every rep. It's so important to every player. Every receiver knows is the ball catchable or not. So he has to actually go be the best quarterback to lead the team and then and all that. In other words, the idea that I held on to even up until last year is just because you bring in a transfer quarterback does not mean it's a given he gets it. <laughs> but I sit here right now having sort of switched a little bit because there's just too many examples. I can't find those examples that support that. When teams bring these guys in, they play them. They just do. I mean, really, if you can think of, type it in there, text me, if you can think of the last time, the most recent example, transfer quarterback, goes from one power five to another, grad transfer, and then rides the bench. It almost never happens. So I think this is one where my gut has to acquiesce to the reality that my eyes are seeing. And I'm making a decision based on that. We'll see how it goes. There's still a part of me that says, you know, somebody could go out here this spring and be so good that they have no choice. Hope it happens. We'll see. Uh, Jason actually touched on that a minute ago when he texted in during the Paul Jones interview. He said, I like what Paul said about Keaton Thompson, quote, or he could take over in the spring. Jason said, I'm so sick of certain MSU media wiping their hands of KT as if he has no talent uh, at all. Andrew, I thought about Tate Martell as well who went to Miami, did not win the job. And I guess that's the one example we've come up with, right? That's it. That's the only one. The way things went at Miami, it leads you to – I know everybody's really high on Manny Diaz, but the way things went with their season, it leads you to believe maybe they're still figuring out what they're doing. So there's that. Reservoir Dog says, Matt, you may not want to answer this question, but is there any chance that Keaton Thompson would consider changing positions, perhaps wide receiver, if the coaches could convince him that it would improve his draft possibilities? Well, the last part of your question, Reservoir Dog, is I think, I don't know, I'm going hypothetical. That's what I'm saying is they would have to convince him. You say, if, well, if they convince him that you're not going to be a quarterback that goes and gets drafted, but you could be at 6'4". The way you run, you could be a receiver that gets to play. You know, if he's that kind of athlete, then that might convince him. But I don't know that any of that. Text line, Ken, listening in Tupelo, says, where can we watch the? Where can we catch the Leach press conference? I would start, number one, at hailstate.com. Go to their website. They have a link there on the front, I believe. It says watch it. You just click it. The other thing is, if you're proficient in this kind of thing, just go to watchespn.com. You'll log in with your provider and then check on the SEC network at um, 
at 2, and you'll be able to tune in that way. Tyler says, dude, that was a great answer. I appreciate it. It's very different, and I like your willingness to answer, talking about would I have transferred way back then and all that kind of stuff. Uh, JR, you said coach will be speaking. Are you cutting into fine ball? I'm not. I'm not. You'll get fine ball. I'm here on the station, and then you'll need to just go watch the press conference, I guess. I don't know if they're going to break in on it or not on television. I know it'll be SEC Network Plus, though. Um, so you get that. And then um, Anthony from Tupelo, he's talking about Mississippi State also got a uh, receiver from Tupelo, Trip Wilson. Yeah, I know uh, Trip. I got to meet him, and then I know his family as well. And and that was kind of a right up to the last minute. Well, I say last minute, you know, within the last several weeks where that all developed. And I know they're really tickled that he gets a chance. I think he wanted to go to state. And um, – yeah, the Hammond kid, who's a great deep snapper, I think, from Tupelo. His dad is the coach at Tupelo, Trent Hammond, and he was, I think, going to go to Ole Miss and then switched it up and decided he's going to play at State. Um, so that's the other thing about Mike Leach is the whole history aspect will tell you that uh, preferred walk-on receivers can play because they'll play them. There's two stories I wanted to make you aware of. And we'll see if they come up, you know, on this show in the future. We'll see about that. Got some cool interviews planned for you here on the show the next couple of days. But I saw this. Pete Rose is petitioning Major League Baseball because of this Astros stuff. Pete Rose asked the commissioner, Rob Manfred, today to remove his name from Major League Baseball's ineligible list, which would allow the all-time hits leader to be considered for the Hall of Fame. In a petition sent to the MLB commissioner's office obtained by ESPN, Rose and his lawyers argue that Manfred has recently opted not to punish players guilty of major game-changing rules infractions and, as a result, should end Pete Rose's 30-and-a-half-year ban for gambling on baseball while he was the manager of the Cincinnati Reds. This is all about the Astros. It was kind of draconian. I mean, you know, forever ban. I mean, like anything yeah. else, you serve your time. You, yeah, no. You get let out of the hole. I mean, not even SMU got a forever ban. The other thing is, I would, you're hearing, if you pay attention to national sports media, you are hearing all kinds of stuff about. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys and their negotiations over a contract. And they're going to go right up to the deadline and they're going to franchise tag him and Dak's going to hold out or he's not going to hold out or he's going to play unhappy. And, oh, this is so unfair the way they are treating Dak and all this. You're hearing so much of it. Troy Aikman thinks Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott's long-term deal is inevitable. Not a franchise tag. Quote, first and foremost, I think he would want to be there because it would make him better, not hold out. Secondly, he would want to be there for his teammates. I'm not sure that one takes priority over the other. Aikman said, my guess is they work something out. I don't know this, but it would seem that they could probably have gotten a deal done earlier for what ultimately would be a little less than what they are probably going to have to do it for now. He went on to say, I think everyone understands he's the quarterback of the future. 
and that he believes all the talk about the franchise tag is a waste of time and that a deal will be done and it will be a long-term deal. Now, let me ask you, do you think Troy Aikman has any sources inside and around the Cowboys? Just passing that along. Good show. Dak not coming to the facility until they get it straight. I don't know. What do you think about that? I think it's Jerry waited too long. Gave him plenty of time. <laughs> it ain't my fault, Jerry. What's he trying to do? Just <laughs> get all the interest on his money he can before he gives it away? Yeah. I just think you better be careful because if not, they'll trade him to the uh, Bengals for the number one pick and draft Joe Burrow. Ooh. Wouldn't that be a heck of a deal? All right, boys and girls, that was fun. I enjoyed that show today. Let's do it again tomorrow, huh? Y'all follow my Twitter feed. I got something for you later tonight. Stick around.